This is Chris Boss on November 4th. We're coming from the cafeteria today, so there might be some ambient background noise, which I rather enjoy. And I've been quipping all this week that it's two more days until four more years. And uh, election day is coming up on Tuesday, so you can fill in the blanks on that one. But we had some interesting conversations yesterday, me, Buck Nasty, and Dark Macy about politics. Yes, we um, did. Buck Nasty, why don't you describe a little bit about your voting process? Well, I got an absentee ballot from New York State, even though we're currently in Virginia, which seems counterintuitive if you want to have an impact in, in the voting process, but uh, that's not really how I looked at it. Uh, after like spending a few months looking at all the candidates and stuff. I don't usually pay attention to politics, so I really have to get into it, but I legitimately could not convince myself to vote for either of the main two candidates. Um, so I ended up voting for Gary Johnson. And I don't know, Chris, Chris might agree or disagree with, with that wow. <laughs> position, but. I can't remember if this was a dream I had yesterday, because I've just been talking about my dreams, or if I said this in real life. But I was going around to people saying, Gary Johnson or no one, and preferably no one. But my position was that I'm not going to vote at all, for two reasons, really. Although, let me say it's one and just give a second reason anyway. The second bad reason is it doesn't count. And it's such a, you know, such a common reason people give, oh, my vote doesn't count, it's never going to affect the final, uh, final tally unless you're literally the tiebreaker, and even then, your vote is not the one that's counted, it's a... Uh, that's everyone's. It's an, no, it's like an electoral college from each state who, given the results of the uh, vote by state, then decide who they think the masses want, so they could theoretically vote against what the well, popular vote per yeah. state is, so. And New York has traditionally been overwhelmingly Democrat, so that's not gonna change anything. But I like to stand up on principle, so you know that's not gonna be my answer. Well, yeah. My answer is, well, when, when people told me to vote, they said, doesn't matter, you gotta exercise your right. Which strikes me as a, a principle thing, you gotta exercise your right regardless of the consequences. I am exercising my right not to vote. Exactly. Because I don't want to participate in the political process. I don't want to give what I consider explicit is, uh, consent to one or two or three or whoever, uh, whoever I would happen to vote for. I don't want them to uh, I don't want to go down in history as the person who disliked everything about all political systems all, uh, everywhere and yet contributed to one of these people's election. Um, and in terms of consequentialism, I think it's important to slowly and surely, it's not an overnight process, bring the masses away from politics, get them not to care, get them to be fed up with the entire system, 
just a mass movement away from Washington and the federal government and all of them. And that's going to be a multi-generational process, but it's not helped if I cave in and even I can uh, refrain from voting. Well, it seems like there's such, such an importance placed on this presidential election, always, the presidential election. And, and I mean, it is what it is, but it's only so important because people make it important. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't agree. I, I don't have the same viewpoint as you, obviously, but uh, it's similar in that I'm kind of rejecting the, the general notion of, well, your vote doesn't count if fill in the blank. Uh, it's, mo it's more on principle that I think there's, there's really no reason to ever vote for someone who you wouldn't support more than any other candidate. Um, the, the reference that I, that I thought of yesterday was, was in a Heisman Trophy race a while back, I guess, but uh, in college football, where uh, there were, I think there were three potential winners of, of the trophy and two primary and one who was kind of in the background and nobody thought was going to win. But a lot of the supporters of that third guy decided to get behind one of the one of the two uh, primary players who were up for the award, and for the for the main reason of stopping the other guy from getting the award because there was some sort of bias against that guy. So I think things like these kind of corrupt the system and the the idea of voting in the first place, which. Yes, it's corrupted anyway, but um, I don't see a reason to contribute to that. Buck Nasty is taking a wrench from stand. And Buck Nasty voted for Gary Johnson. Yes. We've seen a lot of people, or Buck Nasty has at least, a surprising number of people who have yeah. cited Gary Johnson oh. as their favorite, and they're actually voting for him. A bunch of, a bunch of my friends have, have just come out of nowhere and said that. People I didn't expect. But which fits into my, not really a theory, my observation that libertarianism is on the rise, confirmed elsewhere, confirmed by the popularity of the Mises School, the Austrian School of uh, Economics. And do you think that's kind of somewhat because the Republican-Democrat dynamic right now is, like, not easily supportable? Like, there's not really a good feeling about either of these candidates. That's one of them that uh, for the past 10 years, despite who's been in power, things have seemed to do nothing but go south. And a lot of people recognize that that's because government's larger. A lot of people think it's because government's merely in an, in an ineffective state rather than a proper state, which is sort of erroneous thinking in my view. And so they don't like the government, but they don't like them for the wrong reason. And, Maybe that spurs initial inquiry into some alternatives, and they say, oh, this libertarianism looks good. But mostly, I think it's because of the internet. Yeah. And alternative views are much, much more easily accessible than they ever were. Before, you would have to pick up, like, I don't know, Murray Rothbard Quarterly Magazine. I'm just making that up. Who, who, who's going to actively seek something like that? 
If it doesn't exist in the mainstream, it doesn't exist for all pur intensive purposes. Well, it's interesting. I, I probably would not have even known about Gary Johnson had it not been for the internet. And I probably would have based all of my voting uh, decision on, you know, the debates and things no, I've read yeah. in the news, which is terrible. So it's... The internet is on the side of liberty, I think. I mean, it's definitely making people more informed who want to be more informed. Mm -hmm. What's happening is there's a trend toward people desiring more state influence, perhaps on average, but the extreme, let's call them right, just for convenience purposes, of libertarians, that block is also growing. So I guess you could call it a radicalization of both poles. Huh. Uh, but it is comforting to know that I, no matter what happens, there are a strong, solid group of people who understand what's going wrong and don't submit to it. And that number is probably only going to grow. And more importantly still, a large portion of those people are concentrated in college age and younger students who are going to... Uh, become the next generation. So if they define politics for an era, we could see some major changes. Major changes. Now, describe to me the potential benefit Gary Johnson could gain from getting 5% of the vote. Well, I believe the rules are that you cannot qualify for federal funding the following uh, election cycle unless you demonstrate an ability to get at least 5% of the vote or something like that. And so, you know, I don't like the fact that anyone's being federally funded, but in terms of how likely it is for Gary Johnson to win, it's very difficult when he doesn't appear on TV ever. Uh, he doesn't hold many rallies because he just doesn't have the funds for it. Yeah. Um, he's not in any of the debates. That's a real killer because those people, a lot of people don't even know that there are more than two candidates, probably. I didn't. Uh, I guess even four years ago, I might, I might have been vaguely aware of it, but I thought it was just a complete joke. I didn't think it was a real thing. Yeah. But now I know it's, these are legitimate candidates. Well, I'll air quote legitimate. It's not like I've seen legitimate candidate, but. <laughs> but yeah, that. I, it, it's well, well. What that what that means is that it actually does. Every vote for Gary Johnson technically does count in a, in the way that the votes for the other two don't, because the odds that your uh, the odds that your vote changes a presidential cycle are smaller than it changes uh, garnering five percent of the vote. Both of them are negligible, but it's still it's still based on meeting a popular threshold, and that's a that's a possible goal to attain. And that could significantly increase his vi his visibility and the visibility of the Libertarian Party. Oh yeah, which would probably be a good thing if we do get to a 2016 election. I mean, it's very Libertarianism is a very tempting. 
viewpoint, if people in the masses were exposed to it on television, if there was like a, a fourth or a fifth mainstream media source that was libertarian, uh, that, could, that could equal a huge shift in popular opinion. And right now might be a perfect time for it. Yeah. We'll see. Unfortunately, the best show uh, on mainstream news from a libertarian perspective, which is Freedom Watch, which Judge An with Judge Andrew Napolitano, was canceled by Fox. Fox has three libertarian shows. It was Freedom Watch, uh, John Stossel, I don't know if that's the name of the show, but that's the host, and The Red Eye, which airs at like 2 a.m. or something. Sure. And they canceled one of them. And the red eye is only vaguely libertarian, so it's not like there's a yeah huge mainstream. And John Stossel, I don't think is that good of a show. But the other thing is that whether Obama or Romney wins, the changes are going to be completely negligible. You'll see the same budgetary uh, increases either way. Same. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought from everything I've read and heard. It doesn't really seem to be a huge difference. No, it's not. One of the supposed main differences is the repeal of Obamacare. Yeah. But all these Republicans say repeal and replace. Replace with what? I'm just going to replace it with something very similar to Obamacare. And if Obamacare is not repealed, what's going to happen in four years is that you'll hear Republicans start to support Obamacare. Just like all Republicans used to be against Medicare, vehemently opposed to its passing in the, I believe it was the late 60s or early 70s, maybe even late 70s. And now... One of the main platforms the Republicans is criticizing Obama for <laughs> eliminating Medicare funding. So, there's always going to be a shift leftward unless the trend yeah. is broken. How are your eggs? My eggs are fine this day. <laughs> we had an egg maker who went four at a time. Luckily, we got on the line before it got too long. It's it's always ideal if you got, you know, like six, seven, eight going at once, but a lot of these guys just can't do more than three or four. I cannot understand the egg maker fallacy in this, in this venue, because they have some really good egg makers who provide entertainment. The tall white guy <laughs> with the big top hat who provides entertainment. But some of these other ranked amateurs, they they pop the eggs. We had one lady the other day who said it was illegal to make eggs over easy. <laughs> and the manager yes. sitting right behind her confirmed. There's no way it's illegal to make over easy eggs. And if it is, it's probably one of those obscure laws that's never enforced. Got other ones who are really tentative when they slide the spatula under oh, yeah. the eggs. They, so they so just they, look like they've never flipped yeah, anything yeah. in their lives. So they, so they literally use their hands to move the eggs onto the spatula. 
I mean, I could do a better job than these people. Their one job is to make eggs, and they fail at it. <laughs> they, and they always rotate the egg maker. And, like, more than half the time, it's a below-average egg maker, if that's even statistically <laughs> possible. Good job. <laughs> it is very statistically possible. Uh, no, I mean, I think that it's very important. I mean, you see the egg lines are always super long, and the omelet line is always super long, even though that just takes forever. I mean, they that's another problem. They have three omelets going at once, and they have that takes like 20 minutes each. Yeah, I don't know why they don't just, because they have some people hanging around. They should always have two omelet bars open yeah. in the morning. You should always have a fast egg maker. Yeah, just put just put some of the extra people on, on the swiping. Just get an automatic swiper and then put them on the office. Ah, if I was in charge of this establishment, I would be firing people left, right, and center. No nonsense from me. Then again, is it is it a different perspective when you're the University of Richmond and you just have crazy amounts of money to spend like nobody else? Well, so, some of it is money related. I mean. Some of it is not money related, as in the better service they provide, regardless of the money, is what they're going to do. But they're not providing a better service. Yeah. They're, they're making us wait on these egg maker lines and giving us rank amateur egg makers. So. <laughs> have you, have you uh, had experience making eggs before in your life? I am, um, well, I guess I wouldn't qualify as a top <laughs> tier egg maker myself. <laughs> but if I had to do it, I think with, you know, 40 trials of practice, I could get pretty good. Oh, yeah. These guys have hundreds upon hundreds and upon hundreds of trials, and they still, it's like they never flipped an egg before. I Especially mean, that, that guy yesterday. He looked like he had oh, yeah. no he idea was what he was like, doing. He was like trying to he check was micromanaging, the and, like, uh, and there's one girl who had such incredible difficulty getting the spatula under the egg. It's like, just shove it under there. She was trying to <laughs> scrape it like a centimeter at a time. She wound up popping one of mine. Uh, the guy today, he he just he messed up one of my eggs, so he just like pushed it to the side and put another one. Yeah, that was that was really weird. But that's uh, sometimes they mess up the order and they give the eggs to uh, the wrong person. Oh yeah, he's just throwing them on in any random spot. That was he's not. <coughs> excuse me. He's not putting them on in order or anything. Yeah, you got to do it in order, so you at I least got to. I don't understand. It's like I'm not even kidding you. It's like they exude a level of unintelligence so profound that you can't even <laughs> contemplate what the thought process could be. How could you possibly not understand how to systematize the egg making process? It's like the most basic task you can imagine. Well, I think I think I could think of some more basic ones. What's more basic than that? Well, you could be you could be wiping down the tables. Oh, that's a that's a uh, cheap jab, I guess. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, we got we got to give our respect to D Hall. It's it's we're not going to find a more quality college food place on campus. That's true. Anywhere. That's true. But I think it's as with Lord of the Rings, the better something is, the easier it is to criticize. <laughs> and so I'm going to continue to criticize it until they implement these changes that I so desperately want. I don't know that. 
that might be just just a Lord of the Rings thing because <laughs> as you've said with that third movie it's maybe one of the best movies both of us have ever seen but uh, it's also there are so many things that ways in which it could have been yeah. better namely cut out about 80% of the last 30 minutes oh yeah there were like 15 ending scenes to that movie <laughs> but fantastic movie Alright, it is... What? That can't be right. No, it's 11.05. It's 11.05. Okay, they just switched the clocks, I guess, but we gotta go play some racquetball. So, alright, let's, uh, let's pause this interview. Thank you for listening. That was a terrible outro. Alright, bye.